The show you love with even more local news and more local reaction. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome to this beautiful Wednesday afternoon in California's Central Valley. Mike Douglas with you, your concierge for conversation as we get things underway here on Wednesday on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Thanks so much for joining us. Today will be one of those days where things fall into place and we have the opportunity to connect a lot of dots. I love to connect dots, uh, to to be able to connect things, to provide context behind a lot of the headlines that we read, and then to unearth and uncover some things maybe that we don't know about or we aren't all aware of and that's going to be one of these days in fact we're <laughs> we're going to connect a lot of dots from uh, the the border the southern border to modesto to the california ag's office in sacramento to uh, fresno county and we'll throw a little COVID update in as well all of it's going to interrelate there's a a theme regarding Government, big government and government abuses, you'll see as we uh, begin to connect all of those dots. So let's get underway. Again, thank you for joining us here on the Mike Douglas Show. So much appreciate your calls, your thoughts as we plow through a lot of these issues. I promised yesterday, and you know, so many, even, even with two hours, two hours a day, Monday through Friday, we often can't get to everything we'd like to get to. I've been waiting to give you an update on this just in case you're not aware of it. Or as a reminder to the abuse of government power, its spin and the spin that is spun then by the mainstream media. All right, here we go. Remember uh, some months ago, a Border Patrol agent on horseback was accused of whipping Haitian migrants. Remember that? Remember the big flap about that and, and the camera angle? And it looked like he had a the Border Patrol agent on horseback, had a whip in his hand, and he was ready to uh, whip the uh, Haitian uh, migrants. Well, turns out, and have you heard of it? Did you hear about the, uh, the, the aftermath here? Well, the Border Patrol agent on horseback who was accused of whipping these Haitian migrants has been cleared of any wrongdoing. Well, we knew that because it was very apparent by context context and in watching the full story that he wasn't whipping anybody. What he had in his hands were the reins to the horse. Anyway, uh, this happened... (laughs) This particular incident happened in uh, Congressman Tony Gonzalez's district in Texas, and thousands of illegal immigrants are, are sheltered under an international bridge there on the Texas border with Mexico. And here's what Congressman Tony Gonzalez had to say. That case was dismissed, that there were no charges that were brought up at all. So you remember the, again, totally, totally absurd and misconstrued, intentionally spun, I believe, 
the original photo, remember all the, the, the widespread criticism over that? The media, mass media was up in arms. And uh, folks who uh, support uh, illegal immigration were all up in arms as well, citing the uh, horrible, horrible job of the Border Patrol. And, and, in, and President Biden, in fact, uh, felt that the Haitian migrants were being lashed. Even the President of the United States fell in line with the common narrative. And uh, so Congressman Tony Gonzalez He's not real happy with the Biden administration about its reaction to all of this either. It's the exact problem with this administration. They're not transparent in how they do anything. And he also says uh, the case apparently has been dismissed. But have you have you heard anything from the White House that commented on this? Have you heard about this from the mainstream media? How did you, if you are aware of it, how did you become aware of it? There's a there's a lesson learned there. Uh, final comment from Congressman Gonzalez. It doesn't surprise me that they would not want to be public about it, seeing how public they were. They, they were almost certain that this was, you know, uh, an issue. So there we go. I just want to make sure that you had, as Paul Harvey used to say, the rest of the story the uh, Border Patrol agent was exonerated. I'm waiting to see uh, the, the big networks, ABC, NBC, CBS, and uh, cable news, CNN. I'm, I'm waiting for them to put up the picture of the Border Patrol agent there and give the rest of the story that he is exonerated and give as much fanfare to that as they did to the original narrative. But you see, that doesn't. That doesn't fit their uh, their agenda, so I I doubt we're going to see that. Anyway, so thank you uh, for allowing me to bring that up today. I just wanted to make sure that we closed the loop on that. Now, speaking of government, today today at let's I think it's five thirty, according to the Modesto B, the city of Modesto is holding workshops regarding its general plan. This is, uh, they're, they're doing their first comprehensive update to their general plan since 1995. And uh, those of you familiar with the process, it, it's a horrendous process. But what it does is it lays out the vision for the city Uh, or a county, but a city uh, over uh, uh, quite a few years. The general plan is something that is important because if the city council, subsequent city councils, begin to do things that are outside of uh, of the boundaries and the goals and the objectives and the vision of the general plan, then the city council has some splaining to do because the general plan basically is is their map for the future. This is really, really important. Apparently, Modesto held its first workshop last Thursday on Zoom, and uh, it's holding a, a second workshop today, again, 5.30 at Greens on 10th Street, uh, 953 10th Street, if uh, some of you uh, in Modesto would like to go over there. I, I think it's important for citizens to show up at these things. This is radically important. And one of the, a couple of the themes, apparently, that have been reported from the past uh, workshop, uh, people generally like that Modesto still feels like a small town, but with big city amenities. 
apparently they were concerned about homelessness and the lack of affordable housing. The B and B reporting, they said the city should focus on infill development. And that means <clears throat> within the boundaries of existing development instead of growing outward. And they should look at how vacant commercial buildings could be repurposed to include housing. Now, the city apparently is, and I, I applaud the city council. I applaud Mayor Zwallen and, and the city council for reaching out. They're, they're doing these, uh, uh, these town halls, so to speak, these workshops with the public. And uh, it, it's important if, if you have concerns about your city to show up at these kind of things, no matter what city you're in. So uh, as part of engaging the public, apparently uh, the city of Modesto, they're using what they're now calling ambassadors. Uh, they're people with connections in the communities like you and that the city may not have. And so apparently these ambassadors get the word out about the city's efforts and they report back uh, to the city. Uh, apparently they haven't identified all of them yet, but it's important um, to get that feedback. So I... Uh, I applaud the city of Modesto for the job it's doing as it prepares for the general plan uh, that will extend the Modesto vision through 2050. Now, here's, here's the interesting thing. As part of the general plan, uh, the cities, including Modesto, have to uh, abide by some state regulations including, including, by the way, and, and here we go, watch for this term, environmental justice. Environmental justice. So when Modesto develops this plan, they have to give detailed attention to environmental justice. Well, now, where does this environmental justice focus comes from? It comes from, right now, the state attorney general's office. Yes. By the way, if you'd like to, and I encourage you to, if you're in the Modesto area, you live there, you work there, uh, the website for the general plan development is GP, as in general plan, gp2050.modestogov.com. I know it's always counterproductive sometimes to try to give websites over the radio, but here we go. gp2050.modestogov.com. And again, what's important about this and, and, and the dots I'm going to connect now are dots that lead us to the California Attorney General's office because they can say your plan is not acceptable because it does not address environmental justice. What is environmental justice? Well, briefly, let me give you the state law definition. Environmental justice means the fair treatment of people of all races, cultures, and incomes with respect to the development, adoption, implementation, and enforcement of environmental laws, regulations, and policies. <clears throat> is that clear? Uh, do you have a full understanding of what that means? In a couple of minutes, we're, we're going to explore that. We'll hear from uh, Attorney General Rob Bonta himself as he explains all of this. 
And uh, again, the dots I'm connecting here are here we go with more big government expansion and more interference at the local level. And as we proceed through this subject, this is going to lead us not only from the city of Modesto up to the attorney general's office, but it is also going to lead us down to Fresno County, who they have just felt the sting of the attorney general's office saying, "Eh, don't like your uh, environmental justice plan. All that, buckle your seatbelts, all that coming up in three minutes on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show, now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. It's today's conversation for Stockton, Modesto, and beyond. beyond. Now, back to the Mike Douglas Show. On Power Talk, 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show. Our conversation over the past couple of minutes has been focusing upon the city of Modesto is involved in developing its new general plan, the first one that's been updated since 1995. And this uh, update expected to lay out the vision for the city of Modesto through 2050 regarding things like housing, parks, jobs, transportation, shopping, and services. Now, California, and this is the point we're making, California is requiring that general plans now include what's called environmental justice. Anytime anybody uses the word justice, except for justice by itself, I keep wondering, what do you mean by that? Well, here's a video that our attorney general Rob Bonta has on his own website as the AG explaining environmental justice. And and again, this is important. Don't think it's not important. Rob Bonta, our AG, just stung Fresno County with a letter saying, don't like your plans for environmental justice. So <laughs> here we go. This is, uh, this is the sum and substance from the man himself, our Attorney General, Rob Bonta, defining the importance of and the definition of environmental justice. I spent the early years of my childhood raised in a community of farm workers fighting for justice, for social justice, workplace justice, and what we now know as environmental justice. While we've made progress in California, there are still too many living at the intersection of poverty and pollution, too many communities left behind. Communities who continue to bear the brunt of pollution from industrial development, poor land use decisions, polluted transportation corridors, warehouses built next to schools, toxic water coming out of taps, families exposed to toxic pesticides and air so dirty they can hardly breathe. This is the reality for too many Californians. It's unacceptable. That's why in my first days in office, I expanded the department's Bureau of Environmental Justice a team of skilled attorneys using the powers of this office to lift up the voices of frontline communities and fight environmental injustices throughout the state. At the DOJ, we are working tirelessly to protect what matters most, our health and our planet. As a child, I listened to Dolores Huerta say, si se puede, yes we can. I'm committed to enacting those words. Yes, we can stand up to big polluters, yes, 
we can protect the health of our communities. And yes, we can fight for environmental justice. And yes, we are. Okay. Could you, can you give me a definition of environmental justice? Now hearing from the man who's in charge of enforcing it and is now actively involved in sending letters to cities and counties saying, no, your general plan is no good because it doesn't meet our requirements, the state requirements for environmental justice. I'm still not, I heard a lot of, by the way, did you notice the drama driven by the music music is music is a is a powerful tool you know he he sets up what's wrong pollution industrial development transportation corridor pollution toxic water coming out of taps doesn't doesn't say where all this is occurring whether this is a general problem in california or it's an isolated problem that's been taken care of nope just broad strokes uh, pesticides dirty air and then after that, the music goes from this dark, menacing music to happy music. Happy music that leads into uh, that wonderful phrase, yes, we can. Yes, we can. Do you understand what he means by yes, we can? I'm, st- <laughs> I'm still not quite sure what all of this means. Uh, I've, I've read the legal environmental justice means the fair treatment of people of all races, cultures, and incomes with respect to the development, adoption, implementation, and enforcement of environmental laws, regulations, and policies. Sounds like a lot of gobbledygook to me that a, an attorney wrote up. Now, I'm, <clears throat> I'm all for protecting I don't want people to die from exposure to pesticides. I don't want people drinking dirty tap water, toxic water. Uh, But on the other hand, I don't really want to see homeless encampments with feces in the streets and urine uh, running down the gutters and uh, hypodermic needles on the streets either. I did. Did you hear any of those issues addressed by our attorney general, Rob Bonta there? I didn't hear any of that. I know because it doesn't fit their narrative. So apparently by the fact that it was blatantly omitted crickets when it came to things like this, the horrible streets that have, have been uh, made uninhabitable in places like Los Angeles and in San Francisco by poor public policy, by refusing to enforce existing laws. So uh, I didn't hear anything about uh, enjoying a walk down the street and having to uh, uh, worry about dodging hypodermic needles and and human feces and and urine running down the street and uh, violent people who need mental care but aren't receiving it. It, Did you hear any of that in, in this? I I didn't. What I heard was him beating up. Here we go. Beating up on business. Don't like where you put your industrial park or I don't like where you put your business, etc. cetera. Uh, again, this this is the state of California expanding its role to take over what's happening with local government. 
I think it's very dangerous. I think it's something that we need to watch for. That's why I'm bringing it up. We'll open the phones uh, now, and uh, in five minutes, we'll be taking your calls. What do you think? Has Sacramento, has the government gone way beyond its boundaries, and is it now overriding its authority? Area code 209-551-3483, our number here as we continue to talk about environmental justice and the AG's office in five minutes on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show, now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Local talk is back in the valley with KFIV's Mike Douglas. Weekdays at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas with you, your concierge for conversation. And as I mentioned before, earlier in the hour, this is one of those connect the dots days when we take a look at a variety of, of different news stories and, and and connect the dots together so that we can see from a, a 32,000 foot perspective, like we're in an airplane at a 32,000 foot perspective, what's going on. And uh, part of the challenge, I think, is the... Uh, California Attorney General Rob Bonta flexing his control muscles and interfering, frankly, with uh, local government in a way he shouldn't with what I think is a very cloudy and murky definition of environmental justice. What do you think? Is the state exceeding its authority here in terms of dictating what environmental justice is? Our number here, 209-551-3483. Is the state of California out of control? Let me put it that way. In terms of control, is the state of California out of control? Well, let's go to the phones. Area code 209-551-3483. 209-551-3483. And uh, let's find out uh, what Dennis from LaGrange has to say about this. Hi, Dennis. Welcome to the show. What, what What's your take on this environmental justice topic? It's just the uh, furtherance of the current method by which we're ruled, not only in California, but in the whole United States, which is replacing the rule of law with the rule of men, meaning whatever the AG decides is environmental justice is what its definition is. And this is just more confirmation of our movement from a republic to a uh, you want to be you want to be um, optimistic about it socialist government I think we're far past that it's a communist government and uh, un- evidently that's what everybody in the state of California is fine with or at least the people who vote and I have nothing but despair in regard to that it shows the ignorance the laziness and the plain-out stupidity of Californians. And it's throughout the country, too. I'm sorry, but it's everywhere. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think you're right. It's not just limited to California, but we, we, 
we often seem to be a uh, a spot fire that uh, from which uh, f- flames are fanned through a co- uh, across the country. Dennis, I really like your observation there, and uh, m- may I steal this phrase from you? I loved it. it it's the rule of law being replaced by the rule of men. I love that. That is absolutely, I think, what we're seeing, the the abuse of authority by individuals. And yes, I agree with you. It, it does take us from a, a republic uh, based on the rule of law to a socialist and a, a communist, and if not a Marxist type uh, society. And I, I also agree with you. I'm I'm befuddled by why the voters of California approve of all of this at the ballot box. I, uh, I'm, I'm befuddled by that, although I, I think we can take a deep dive into that and, and find some answers, uh, answers but I think uh, just, just a, a quick look at that. Uh, I, I don't know. I, again, I, I, I know your heart, Dennis, and uh, you know mine. I, I tend to be more of a half glass, half full guy, but I, I, I agree. I'm worried. I agree with you on that score, Dennis. I'm worried, even with November 2022 approaching, I'm worried. Are people paying attention to what's going on? I'm not sure they are, Dennis, but, you know, thanks to people like you who are out there who stand on what you believe to be true and are not afraid to talk about it, I I think that's how we overcome this is at at the local level. But uh, anyway, thank you for that pearl of wisdom. The rule of law being replaced by the rule of men. That's excellent. You ought to, you ought to trademark that. Thank you. And charge radio hosts for it. No, I'm just kidding, Dennis. Don't don't charge the radio host for it. Dennis from LaGrange. Great comments, man. <laughs> Thanks for your call today. Uh, excellent thoughts there, really. And, and I love that the rule of law being replaced by the rule of men. And the, isn't that what we're seeing? And... Well, now let's back up for a minute here. Maybe we need to stop and, and take a second look at the, the, the last part of that. The rule of law being replaced by the rule of men. What are men? What are we talking about when we talk about men? In, in today's convoluted, upside-down, sideways, reorganizing truth, spinning it to fit whatever we want, what is the definition of men anymore? Well, I am not about to use a lot of the verbiage that is being used by the wokeness of our society. Now, I'm, you know, I don't use the words like <clears throat> cisgender and, and such. There are men, there are women. And to the uh, Supreme Court justice to be, we know you know what a woman is, and we also know why you were avoiding to answer the question, which does discourage me about how you are going to handle truth when you put on a black robe and sit up there with the other eight Supreme Court justices. I'm, I'm discouraged about your performance and your uh, unwillingness to just be up front answer questions truthfully. You know, when we see this kind of obfuscation, it always leads me to believe there's stuff underneath that people don't want us to see. 
uh, especially for uh, for politicians. And and the more verbiage they use, the worse it gets. The worse probably is is what under is underneath all of this. I want to give you a cup. You say, well, Mike, me, are you overreacting to uh, Rob Bonta and the environmental justice thing? Well, let let me. Let me give you some examples of how he's criticizing the Fresno County general plan. Again, Modesto is going through it right now. And uh, again, I, I encourage those of you who work in or live in Modesto, be part of that process. Really, uh, that's uh, it's important. Uh, the website gp2050.modestogov.com. Again, GP as in general plan, 2050.modestogov.com. Dot com. All right, so Attorney General Rob Bonta. Now, while the streets are filled with violence, while we have gangs of people doing smash and grabs and, and robbing businesses blind with uh, apparent uh, no consequences, here, here, here's what General Rob Bonta is doing. By the way, he has 12 attorneys devoted to environmental justice. Yes. He, uh, he announced the expansion of uh, the Bureau on, uh, what, about a year ago, April 28, 21. He announced the uh, Bureau of Environmental Justice. And uh, the uh, Bureau of Environmental Justice is comprised of 12 attorneys. And the only thing they focus on are fighting environmental injustices throughout the state of California. That's all they do. What, what do you think those 12 attorneys in the Bureau of Environmental Justice, what do, what do you think they cost? I, I don't think, I don't think that they work for minimum wage. Can you imagine how much this is costing us? Our number here, area code 209-551-3483. Are, are we reaching the breaking point with California, the state of California, over-exercising its authority. 209-551-3483. Let's go back to the phones very quickly. Uh, John from Brentwood, uh, what's your assessment of our Attorney General and the Bureau of Environmental Justice? Mike, it's just another it's just another power grab by the government. The Democrats in California have been doing this for the last 25 or 30 years. They continue to push this stuff through. If the people don't say anything, it goes on and they try something else. It goes from permits to doing stuff around your house to gas taxes to this to to lockdowns and stuff during COVID, and they just do what they want to do. And as long as the people sit on their hands and don't say anything, they're going to continue to do it just like the feds are doing now. They're in the Democrats and the federal government. They're trying They keep pushing this stuff through, and as long as not enough people come forward and scream about it, they're going to keep doing it. And California's been going off for the past 25 or 30 years, and I don't see us coming out of it. I, I talk to a lot of people, and you know they think, oh, I'm going to Disneyland this weekend, or I'm doing this, and they don't know what's going on. It's just like it's. I'm fine with masks. I'm fine with not having restaurants open. It's a good thing nobody's going to get sick. The whole thing we got just in my in, in the county I live in, we need to replace our hot water heater. I called Lowe's to get somebody to come out and do it to get a hot water heater installed in my house with the permits and stuff. It's going to cost me about thirty two hundred dollars. Are you serious? Which is just abs. I am serious. That's that's the price Lowe's quoted me over the phone to replace my hot water heater. 
And it's it's just it's nonstop. It's just this, the government is going to continue to do this, and as long as people can continue to sit on their hands and keep voting these idiots in, it's going to keep happening. It's not going to stop. And the the few of us that are complaining about it aren't aren't enough to change anything because the majority of the people in California seem fine with it. And that's just that's my opinion. That's my opinion of what's going to happen to the federal government if we don't turn this around in November. If 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 we lose this in November. I think the the whole country is going to start looking like California eventually. John, I I want to underscore that uh, your your emphasis there on the importance of November 2022 and beyond. I agree with you 100%. We need to start standing up and the, and one of the best places to do that is at the ballot box. John, thank and I, I, that that Lowe's thing about $3200 to install a water heater. That's just out, outrageous. John, thanks for the call. Really, uh, really appreciate that. Uh, friends, let's, let me turn very quickly to real estate, talking about hot water heaters. When it comes to selling your home, I look to an expert. I don't know, but I have to have an expert help me with these things. And my go-to expert when it comes to real estate, his name is Dan Phipps. Now, there's good reasons right now to sell your property or sell your home if you want to. Prices are up. Inventory's low, future interest rates, of course, are uncertain, so maybe now's the time. Maybe you have a growing family or you're working from your home. You need more space. Well, call the agent I trust, Dan Phipps. Dan's proprietary marketing system guarantees, guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours for full market value or Dan will sell it for free. His home selling program, it's designed to maximize your sales price. You're in complete control, no required costly repairs, no long-term contracts. You pick your move date. Dan can even find you a new home before you move. And we're getting good testimony, uh, testimonies about this. Carrie and Melissa and Merced, due to some recent changes in their lives, they needed to sell in a hurry, but they needed full value. They heard about Dan and his guaranteed sale program, gave him the job. They say day one, Dan launched into action. Uh, they say he sold our home in days and got us $30,000 more than the same house only a block away. All right, my friends, call Dan Phipps. Dan's the man I recommend, and I would hire to sell my own home. He's the only agent who guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours, or it's sold free. Call Dan Phipps, 209-840-6378, or go to danphipps.com. That's Dan Phipps with three Ps, D-A-N-P-H-I-P-P-S.com. And we'll be back in three minutes with the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show, now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Father, preacher, friend, it's the conversation you've missed. The Mike Douglas Show, weekdays at 3 on Power Talk, 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show. Our conversation right now centering around uh, what what I believe to be uh, the state of California, uh, again, over overstepping its bounds in terms of overregulation. Uh, and, and in this case, what we're talking about is the the uh, impact that the attorney general's office has over local general plans for cities and counties. And you may say, well, it's just so much verbiage. Well, no. Uh, We look at uh, the case of Fresno County, 
Attorney General Rob Bonta for the state of California sent a letter to the county of Fresno. This was uh, yesterday, on, on Tuesday, and he basically told them, uh, your your plan doesn't meet our standards for environmental justice. And he uh, the, the bullet points that he pointed out were areas of housing discrimination, environmental justice, climate resilience, climate resilience. So let me give you a couple of quotes here for his, uh, his rationale. He says, in crafting a general plan, local governments have the opportunity to think critically about future growth in their communities and promote policies that address historical inequities in their land use planning. He says, instead... Now, here comes the stinger. He's, he's, he's disciplining Fresno County verbally. Instead, Fresno County drafted a plan that explicitly targets communities already heavily burdened by pollution for new industrial development. This policy and other aspects of the draft plan likely violate, likely violate, don't, it does, likely violate state housing or environmental justice laws and certainly violate the spirit of these laws. Do you see how squishy this is? It's squishy. But the, but the, the state, and, and because we have a supermajority in, uh, in Sacramento of Democrats, and I'm sorry, I'm calling it like it is, that we have a supermajority of Democrats in Sacramento, and, in, and, and they're promoting this kind of thing. They're allowing people like Rob Bonta to, as our, as our caller uh, Dennis said a couple of minutes ago, allowing people like Rob Bonta re- to replace the rule of law by the rule of men. And, and here Rob Bonta is saying these things likely don't meet it, or they don't meet the spirit of these laws. Well, how about the spirit of uh, the horrible streets in San Francisco and Los Angeles that people can't take their children down because of the, uh, the, the human waste and because of the people who are violent there? Does that count? Apparently not. Apparently not. That's, that's not mentioned. Uh, so let's see. Environmental justice. Here's what Rob Bonta said to uh, Fresno County. Uh, the general plan fails to comply with Senate bill, blah, 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 law requiring local governments to address environmental justice. To comply with SB 1000, the general plan must identify and describe any disadvantaged communities in its jurisdiction. What does that mean? Disadvantaged communities, including meaningful and tailored environmental justice goals, policies, objectives, to address the needs of these communities and be developed in coordination with the local community. So he's saying uh, Fresno, uh, in fact, he says, quote, Fresno's plan to address these inequities is lacking. And uh, let's see what climate resilience You're going to love this one. Fresno has uh, also not prepared a vulnerability assessment or adopted climate adaption and resilience goals, policies, objectives, or implementation measures as required by Government Code Section 65302. As Fresno takes steps toward compliance, uh, Attorney General Bonta encourages Fresno to treat equity as a critical critical component of all climate adaption planning. 
What a crock. Seriously, when, when's it going to... When's it going to... St- well, it's going to stop when we start pushing back and saying enough is enough. State of California, back off. Back off. You're destroying the state. Businesses are leaving. Imagine you are the one who is trying to build a business so that you can provide jobs in California, you provide some of the tax base for California, Uh, you're here to make a profit and to benefit the state and to benefit the local populace by creating jobs, and you got to go through all of this rigmarole, all of this fogginess, all of this mushy, squishy attorney general language, and you have to spend buku dollars in order to have these studies. I was talking to a a member of a local board of education recently, and and this person told me that when they built uh, two of the schools in in the past uh, couple of years, that the environmental impact report uh, were inches thick, inches thick. And and things like, well, you you might... Uh, displace this kind of bird, so you need to make sure that you have a specific kind of tree over here that the bird might like. Might, 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 might. Could, 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 could. And and it's what it's doing is it's discouraging. It's discouraging development. It's discouraging those who can provide jobs. It's discouraging those who can help communities because we lay so many of these regulations on them. A, they can't afford it, and B, they can't afford the time. And that's why they go other places now. That's why they leave California. That's why they go to places like Texas or uh, Arizona or Idaho, wherever they go. Uh, it's just absolutely mind-boggling to me, and it's got to stop before the state's totally ruined. We'll get uh, more of your thoughts on that after the top of the hour news, weather, and such, and uh, we'll be back in five minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The show you love with even more local news and more local reaction. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome to the Mike Douglas Show as we proceed into our number two here on this fine Wednesday afternoon in California's Central Valley. Thanks so much for joining us and participating in our discussions today. We've been been talking about uh, what I believe to be overreach uh, with the state of California as it applies to environmental justice. And uh, as we noted uh, up in uh, Attorney General Rob Bonta's office, there are 12, count them, a full dozen, 12 environmental justice attorneys. Now, I don't know what they make at the state level. I just did a a quick uh, search. Generally, environmental justice attorneys in California make anywhere from the high 60,000s up to uh, the high 70,000s. And uh, so you multiply that by 12, let's just say maybe, what, 70,000? So what are we talking about? Maybe eight hundred forty, eight hundred fifty thousand dollars a year 
Californians are paying for 12, at least that probably for 12 environmental justice attorneys out of the, out of, and that's all they do. That's what it says is, is they are dedicated just to that. So we've been talking about regulatory overreach, how hard it is to build a business, how hard it is to do development. And we've been using the example of the city of Modesto right now doing its general plan, which will lay out its its journey into and the vision for the journey into 2050. And environmental justice has to be part of it. Well, to me, it's really squishy definitions and uh, that there's a lot of uh, room for the st- state attorney general to say, nope, don't like that based upon doesn't sound like likely not to could not have could may not, et cetera, versus hard and fast rule of law. Uh, I just, I shake my head, but it, it brings us back to the importance of putting all of that into your mix, your informational mix, looking at all the different issues involved, and then getting out to vote in November of 2022. It is so important that we exercise our right to vote now. And, 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 this, and this is not in terms of a high ideal of what it means to be citizen. California is going down the drain. I'm not talking about voting as as being a lofty exercise and being a good citizen. I'm talking about preventing the state from totally going down the drain. This is, we are destined for failure with the way that California is going right now. We just are. Uh, so uh, my, uh, my encouragement to you, as, uh, as I often do, and our last caller, John, encouraged you as well, John from Brentwood, saying, you know, it's important that we get out there and, uh, and vote 12 attorneys and Attorney General Rob Bonta's office dedicated solely to environmental justice. Really, is, is that where we want 12 attorneys, or do we want them dealing with uh, crime issues, real crime issues? No, we have the state meddling in the general plans of of counties and such in the state. Now, and, and one of our uh, lady callers uh, yesterday, I, I believe it was, talked about ESG scores. Uh, those uh, the the way that especially financial institutions, those that provide you loans, those that make money available to you, uh, etc., those that will allow you to have their uh, credit cards, whatever it might be, an ESG score basically being your your score in terms of whether or not you meet their standards for your environmental consciousness, your environmental justice consciousness, and your demonstrated ability to make purchases that reflect what they think is a good environmental justice score, uh, or the S is social justice, or the D or a G rather is for governance. So if you don't like big government, you're likely to get a really bad uh ESG score. Now, it is not just government that that's trying to uh, do social architecture here. Big business is doing it as well. Sure, they are. Big business is doing it, and and let me provide an example, a recent example from a big business that I 
grew up with and and that I uh, I loved. I love taking advantage of their films. I love taking advantage of uh, their theme park. Uh, Disneyland's about as old as I am, maybe a little older, but not much. I mean, I remember going to Disneyland since I was knee-high to a grasshopper, however you measure the knees on a grasshopper. But I, it's just I, I love the place. I, I I've grown less liking it over the years with how much it costs just can't afford to go there anymore and then we get into what's happening now disney has been uh become part of creating social architecture making sure that we have the proper perspectives that disney wants us to have so i'm pretty much done with disney Here's the latest. Disneyland is, uh, and you may have heard this, is removing the phrase boys and girls from the recorded park greetings at the front gates. Disney's executive, uh, Vivian Ware, told employees on a company-wide Zoom call, this is part of a culture shift to be more inclusive. Let's let's listen to the... uh, the Disney official here, this executive. We don't want to just assume because someone might be um, in in our interpretation, maybe presenting as female, that they may not want to be called princess. Uh, okay, so because you're afraid of calling a girl a princess, we're normally not not going to say welcome boys and girls anymore. Really? Apparently, this official announcement was made, uh, well, yesterday, day before. And they're going to get rid of gendered greetings. More gobbledygook. More gobbledygook. You know, say what you mean. Use words that mean things. Gendered greetings. So they want to be more welcoming to guests. Well, if you are in the business of social architecture as an entertainment venue and you're going to uh, pummel me with uh, non-gendered greetings to be more welcoming, uh, I'm not coming. I'm not coming. They want to be more inclusive to welcoming guests who don't identify with traditional gender roles. So apparently the phrase, ladies and gentlemen, will no longer be heard for the same reasons. Instead, uh, they're going to, you're going to be greeted by, hello, everyone. Hello, friends. Mm. And the recorded uh, greetings, like during the fireworks show, they're going to remove any gendered terms. So there's another Disney executive, an executive producer, LaToya Raveno who praised Disney management for being inclusive in this company-wide Zoom call. Here's, uh, here's this comment. Our leadership over there has been so welcoming to like my like not-at-all-secret gay agenda. And so like I, I feel like, like, like they are turning it around. They're going hard. Like, uh, like well, uh, like, 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 yeah. <laughs> Please. So uh, Disney's diversity and inclusion inclusion chief, Vivian Ware, a diversity that that uh, that's a new by the way that's that's a new administrative position. 
How much is that going to cost us as consumers to have the businesses that we frequent have diversity and inclusion chiefs? Well, the diversity and inclusion chief, Vivane Ware, uh, made this announcement about uh, the greeting change to the employees of uh, Disney. We removed all of the um, gendered greetings in relationship to our live spiels. So we no longer say ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Now they know it's, it's hello everyone or hello friends. Right. Count me out. Sorry, Disney. Uh, I have loved Walt Disney his creativity, his genius, his brilliance. I almost worked for Disney at one point. Told you that story a long time ago. Anyway, I wound up not, and now I'm probably glad I didn't because I'd have to leave. This is ridiculous. This type of uh, social architecture by busy is not just happening at, at, at government levels. It's happening with uh, especially the entertainment industry. And going back to the points that our callers, uh, Dennis and John, made uh, in, in the first hour, what's the way to push back at this? What's the best, what's the best way to start? Don't be a customer. Yeah, same thing with me in the Academy Awards. I don't watch. Uh, same thing with, and, and I'm not into creating boycotts. I don't do that. I, I don't ask for boycotts. And I have some friends that disagree with that. They, they believe boycotts are important and they engage in them. I, I don't believe in that. I believe I make a personal decision. You make your personal decisions. I'll tell you what I do in case you're wondering. And in the case of doing a monologue here, like I am right now, I may even tell you if you're not asking, <laughs> but I, I just don't frequent the business anymore. Now the same thing went with, uh, uh, Carl's junior hamburgers, and I haven't seen many of their advertisements uh, of late, but it, it used to be they had this very provocative, uh, provocatively clad nymph uh, woman on uh, doing provo- very provocative things. Okay, you remember that, and 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 she would make eating a hamburger almost a, an act of of sexuality. I, I tell, I quit eating. I, I wouldn't freak out at my age. Now I don't do fast food much anymore, except in rare occasions, like in and out. But, uh, I, I would drop by Carl's, but I quit frequenting them because basically I thought that that commercial demeaned women. It was, uh, using women in a way that it, they shouldn't be used. And so I quit patronizing them. So there we go. I, I think that's the way we start. What do you think? I mean, what do you feel about Disney? Does this bother you or, or does, uh, do you think that ah, that's fine, Mike, that that's good. They're being inclusive. I'm going to go. What about Disney? Will, will you still be a customer? 209-551-3483. I'd, I'd like to hear your, your reasoning. Really? 209-551-3483 or, or not. And I, uh, I just got a message here that's cracking me up. So uh, we're gonna take, uh, we're gonna take three minutes. I'll be back with the Mike Douglas show in three minutes here on Power Talk thirteen sixty KFIV. 
The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. It's today's conversation for Stockton, Modesto, and beyond. beyond. Now, back to the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. We're talking about government and business engaged in social architecture. We've used examples of the California Attorney General's office, Rob Bonta, with his 12 attorneys attending solely to issues of environmental justice. And then we just talked about uh, the Disney Corporation, uh, which is now uh, saying that at the theme parks, you'll no longer hear, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Nope, you're going to hear, hello, friends. Mm, boy, can't wait for that. Uh, I'm done with Disney. I, I'm. I really. I, first thing is the price. The second is you know they're getting very political with all of this, and that's not why I would plunk down the money to go there to be uh, assaulted with their version of how they would like society to work. Let's find out what you think. Area code two zero nine five five one three four eight three. Our number two zero nine five five one. Three, four, eight, three. Your reactions to Disney? Let's go to Victor in Farmington. Welcome, Victor. Good afternoon, Pastor. God bless you. Uh, thanks for directing the, uh, these listeners down the right path on this subject and many more you do. Uh, poor Walt Disney has got to be rolling over in his grave right now. Yeah. Such a great man and a great established theme parks and all over the world. Great movies, all that, but They'll never get another one of my dimes right now. Uh, and unlike you, I'm, I'm a lobbyist for canceling them. <laughs> Go out. I'm telling all my friends. and all. I got five kids. I've taken them all to Disneyland multiple times. I got 11 grandchildren that are never going to go see that if I have anything to say about it. Most of my kids are, are pretty, uh, be pretty adamant about it as well. But, you know, we, we, we got no business teaching little kids about transgenderism and wokeism and uh, LGBTQ, XYZ. I, I mean, you don't, we don't need it in our schools. We need to push back. Those people are 5% of our population, and they're, the, the tail is wagging the dog. If we don't do anything about it, we're going to wake up one day, and, uh, you know, it's going to be too far gone to turn around again. We've got to stop it now. We've got to vote like crazy we got to push out of the school. God bless Ron DeSantis, too, for what he's doing. Um, that's all i got to say. I'll never go to Disney again. I'll never spend 10 cents there again. And it was the greatest place on earth. It used to be. I, I I agree with you, uh, Victor. Thanks so much for your comments. Appreciate your call. Uh, Victor, uh, reflecting uh, really where, where I'm at with this. And I, I loved, uh, again, I loved going to Disneyland for years. Being a, a young trumpet player. I loved jazz. I loved big band jazz, Dixieland jazz, and uh, at least once a year, and maybe more, my parents would take me to Disneyland because, and I think it was in the French Quarter, 
there was a Dixieland band, and we'd find out when he was there. It was the leader was a, a African American trumpet player named Teddy Buckner, and Teddy Buckner had a Dixie Dixieland band that was just absolutely off the charts, and he was fun. In fact, over the years, he'd remember us. We'd go up, and he'd, he'd say, "Hi, how you doing?" And uh, it, it's, it was just fun. And there was nothing about promoting gender identification or any of that. You just went there to have fun. And regardless of what your sexual preferences were, nobody seemed to care. They just wanted you to go have fun. And so we'd sit there and listen to Teddy Buckner and his Dixieland band and and chomp on some fried shrimp that was to die for. They don't have it there anymore. I, it's been quite a few years since I've been there, and part of it is the uh, the expense involved, and now it's the, these other issues as well. The other thing is El Capitan Theater. It's Disney's theater in uh, in Los Angeles, and that's where they premiere a lot of their movies. I saw uh, the all of the Pirates of the Caribbean at uh, at El Capitan. And uh, they would have an organist. They have a beautiful pipe organ there, and and the org- the pipe organist would raise from uh, below the floor, and and he would rise up, and he'd wear his pirate costume, and he'd play uh, the introductions. He'd play all the songs related to Pirates of the Caribbean. I saw the premieres of Cars there as well, and they brought a NASCAR team on, and uh, and showed uh, showed people how fast they could change a tire. Great experience. All that's being ruined for me now because we have to worry about gender identification and offending somebody. Well, listen, if you're going to be offended, don't go. I'm offended. I'm not going. That's how, uh, that's how I'm, that's how I'm dealing with it. Let's go very quickly to the phones. Uh, Mike from LaGrange. What are your thoughts, Mike? Hey, I just remember, you know, I was raised uh, a Mormon, but, uh, you know, I, I'm not one anymore. I, but I am a Christian, but um, kind of got rid of that. But I remember as a kid, we used to go to Mormon Night at Disneyland. They used to have the park reserved for for all the LDS people, and uh, I wonder what they're going to do with that now. Yeah, um, it's kind of crazy that we have a one to maybe one and a half percent of the people in this whole world are homosexual. I'm not going to say gay because gay means happy. And I'm tired of everybody um, butchering the butchering the uh, dictionary. Um, we have maybe one and a half percent of people that are homosexual, but the last 20 years we have just screwed the pooch with all these kids in school, telling them that homosexuality is okay. And so that's what's bringing the numbers up. Um, but uh, I want to know what all those poor Mormons are going to do now. That now that they are they still going to have Mormon yeah. night at Disneyland? Or are they going to have like yeah, gay and- Mormon night at Disneyland? Uh- I got yeah, Mike. I, I got to run, but I, this whole emphasis on sexual identity doesn't belong in that venue, in my opinion. Mike, they used to also have law enforcement night when I was a cop. They had law enforcement night, and it was all <laughs> cops. I mean, that was the safest place in the country during law enforcement night. Uh, but anyway, um, Mike from Lagrange, thanks for the call. Really appreciate it, and uh, we'll continue the conversation in uh, five minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. 
The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Local talk is back in the valley with KFIV's Mike Douglas. Weekdays at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show on this fine Wednesday afternoon. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation as we uh, talk about issues of the day that affect you and me directly. And uh, thank you so much for your participation and so well articulating your opinions. We appreciate your calls very, very much. Our conversation of late centering around this announcement to uh, Disney employees from their Diversity and Inclusion Chief Vivain Ware. We removed all of the um, gendered greetings in relationship to our life skills. So we no longer say ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Now they know it's, it's hello everyone or hello friends. No, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. You know, I don't care what sexual orientation you have or how you even identify yourself if you're going to Disneyland or Disney World the same time I am. I don't care. I'm going to have a good time. You be whatever you're going to be. I hope you have a good time too. But what I do object to is we have to change our whole vocabulary, and Disney is going to kowtow to those who are murdering our language to fit their narcissistic idea of what everybody else ought to be thinking. Boy, glad I got that out. Okay, well, let's go to uh, more level-headed people now. Let's go to Cheryl in Lodi. Our phone number here, 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. Cheryl, what are your thoughts about all of this stuff about Disney and not saying ladies and gentlemen anymore? Oh, I think it's absolutely revolting. I don't think that anybody's agenda should be pushed through an amusement park. It's for the kids. It's for family fun. It's not about the he, him, she, it, whatever they want to call it. It's about Mickey Mouse. It's about Donald Duck. It's about having a good time. Yes. Keep the politics out of it. Yes. It is about... Disneyland is a place where... I haven't been in years because, honestly, it costs too much money to go to Disneyland anymore. Right. I'm thankful that my daughter is grown and I'm not dealing with a child and have to disappoint them by saying, we're not going to be able to go there anymore because I wouldn't. And I'm wondering if this is also going to be something that's included with their Disney cruise ships. Ah, very interesting. I would assume so. I bet it will go corporate-wide. That's an interesting observation, Cheryl. I would assume so, too. You know, save your money up. Don't give it to Disney. Save your money up and go take your kids on a nice cruise, just not a Disney cruise. You know, it's, there's got to be a point where we just say no more. Let kids be kids. Don't go pushing anything in their face that's not age-appropriate. Let them go and have a good time. Nobody cares whether they're a boy or a girl or they're gay or they're straight or they're bi or whatever. That's not what it's about. It's about enjoying yourself. Exactly right. I want to be able to go have fun. That's why I'm plunking down the dollars, although now I don't know that I can plunk down the amount of dollars they require, Cheryl. But I I agree with you. In any entertainment venue, we want to go... 
We, we are the customer. We want to go and have fun. I don't want them to kowtow to me about what my sexual orientation is. I don't want them to have heterosexual night at Disneyland. Uh, it's just, this is no, absurd. No, you know, right, and things like this, even when you're going to, say, uh, be at a Broadway show or you're watching something on TV for entertainment, that's when we're trying to get our heads out of all of the here on a regular daily basis anyway and just be entertained it shouldn't be the politics that's what you yeah. to do. Absolutely. And, and Cheryl, uh, thanks for the call, by the way. Some, some good astute observations there. Appreciate you as a listener and uh, some excellent points there. Uh, Cheryl pointing out that, hey, uh, this is getting revolting, you know, in, in terms of uh, the, the social architecture architecture that uh, they're trying to build through the entertainment industry. And I like Cheryl's point. Listen, we're just going there to have fun. It's not about what your personal pronouns are or what your sexual... I don't care. I really don't. You you be who you are. That's your decision. And I'm, you're welcome. I don't mind being at the park with you. Not a problem there. But for the park to start changing our language and we can't say ladies and gentlemen anymore, now nope, it ends there. And even if it weren't the price, I think, uh, I, think I would call a halt uh, to my participation. And again, I grew up in uh, in Pasadena. I I grew up in LA County and Disneyland was uh not not so far away. Uh down uh down the freeway there and and uh, of course now it takes longer to get there from the San Gabriel Valley because of all the cons- have they finished the construction down there yet? It seems like the construction is forever. Will the construction ever end? I'm not sure. But to try to get you get into that orange crush down there in the freeways in in uh, Orange County, and it it's nuts. It, it's its own e-ticket ride. Anybody, by the way, speaking of Disney, and and again, I have fond memories of Disney. I have fond memories of their El Capitan Theater in Los Angeles. Some great family times there with our kids as they were growing up. And I remember when we went to see the opening of Pirates of the Caribbean at the El Capitan there. Our our kids, they were fairly small at that point, but they they wore their little uh, pirate eye patches, and they were, I think they had little Mickey Mouse uh, uh, ears, uh, hats that had pirate handkerchiefs and uh, earrings hanging from them. That was fun. It was fun, and then they have, in the El Capitan there as well, they have uh, usually have some historical displays. Disney, his legacy is just so precious, I think, to this country in terms of his, his genius and his vision. Was he a perfect guy? Sure, not. I'm sure he was not. And <clears throat> I think one of the, what was the movie about uh, the production of, uh, of Mary Poppins uh, with, with the author? Uh, and and Tom Hanks brilliantly, I think it was Tom Hanks, right? Brilliantly played Walt Disney. I just thought that was a wonderful, and I, I understand they took dramatic license on it. I thought it was a wonderful, wonderful uh, film. and But it gave you some insight to Walt Disney and how he handled people. Again, I think he was a genius. 
And <clears throat> I don't know. I I agree with uh, one of our earlier callers. He may be turning over in his grave uh, seeing what's gone right now. Let's find out uh, your reaction to Disney's announcement. Uh, let's go uh, to 209-551-3483. That's your access to the conversation here on the Mike Douglas Show. 209-551-3483. Billy and Modesto, what are your thoughts about the recent Disney announcement? Uh, Mike, thanks for having me on. Um, I'm again. They have been murdering murdering our language uh, for many, many decades with all this stuff. I've been very upset with Disney for a long time. This thing down in Florida about the governor signing a bill respecting parental rights. Disney was always supposed to be um, family entertainment. That's how they broadcast themselves. And I think when Disney himself was alive. It was. When he passed away, it all kind of changed. Um, the biggest thing I wanted to say is I have I, I remember reading 10, 15 years ago, the only thing keeping Disney afloat nowadays is the theme parks around the world that, that do the Disneyland, the Disney World. Um, that's the only thing keeping Disney afloat. And how many people are paying to go to those theme parks it's like when we bought oil from OPEC and we were paying those people to do all the terrorism that they were doing. It's like buying the Russian oil right now and supplying them with all the money that they need to, to do the stuff that they're doing. I, my grandmother, one of her dreams was to take all of her grandchildren to Disneyland, and I got to be a part of that, I mean, back in the 60s. Yeah. Um, just wonderful. But it it, yes. it really saddens me to think that we are keeping Disney afloat through the theme parks when they're doing all the unfamily-friendly stuff that they're doing nowadays. So, Mike, I wanted to kind of just put that into the conversation. Great. Uh, Billy from Modesto, thanks for your input. Appreciate that very much. And uh, like you, I, I think the man was a genius, and that's uh, I, I, just sad where things are today. Billy from Modesto, thanks so much for your call. Uh, let's go back to the phones, 209-551-3483, talking about the Disney announcement. Uh, Mike from Manteca, what's your assessment of this? Well, I was just wondering what, what you think or what your viewers think of why Disney would take a position where they're being more inclusive about the LBGT community and all that, because I think they've always kind of been that way. I mean, they don't charge you anymore if you are heterosexual or to get into the park. And it's always been a very inclusive place, but I wonder if it's more like that, that it's the fear that the woke groups won't attack a certain corporation for having more conservative values rather than more inclusive values, you know, rather than, you know, gaining revenue from it because they're a large company and you, and you got to think, well, how, how are they going to gain any more money? Are more people going to go to the park if they, if they take this position or is it just that they want to keep the hounds off their back, so to speak? You know, that's kind of what I was, wondering is just wanted to open up that question to you and the, and the viewers yeah um my great great point thanks for your question i appreciate that and it's one of course i i can't answer mike uh, I'm, I'm not in the heads of of the disney execs but i suspect and i, I think this was part of your thesis here as well 
that what they're they're kowtowing purposefully because they're coming in with an agenda, and they don't want to be criticized by the woke woke community. They're afraid of being criticized by the woke community, and uh, in, instead of uh, and. <laughs> You know, again, it it stratis it stratifies society. It's creation. It's creating um, warfare within the society, and uh, I'm just so sorry that that uh, that Disney is engaging with that. We'll we'll get more of your uh, phone calls. I know several of you are holding. We'll get back to the phones in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. <laughs> The Mike Douglas Show, now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Father, preacher, friend. It's the conversation you've missed. The Mike Douglas Show, weekdays at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. We've been talking about the announcement by Disney at the theme parks. You'll no longer hear nasty terms like, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Nope, not going to do that anymore. Let's see what you think. 209-551-3483 is our number. Uh, let's go to Escalon and Jeanette. Jeanette, what's your, uh, what are some of your thoughts about what you've heard today? Well, you know, I totally disagree with the direction that Disney and everybody else is going. And I have to, uh, you know, I always like to hear what Billy has to say. But he, he, he was incorrect as far as the revenue. Um, the theme parks barely for years have barely been afloat. I mean, they maybe are maybe around 15% of their revenues. Uh, Disney really has made their, their, biggest, uh, their biggest revenue sources are like media and entertainment and their online streaming and so on. Uh, and, and, that, and, and, and that you'd have to literally just cut all that off as well. I, I don't I don't I don't know how much impact it would have for people, most of whom are probably either believers or they're conservative, uh in some um in some way. So if we don't go to the Disney parks, well, you know, that's not gonna be a much of a dent because their revenues in their parks continue to fall and yet they're pushing this agenda. Uh and I don't think that's gonna have that much impact. I for myself as a Christian and I know uh, a lot of your uh listening audience can't relate, but that's okay. Uh, we, we're all in the same, you know, we, uh, we all make our own choices. But as a believing Christian, when I walk into a Disneyland park, first of all, I know that the Holy Spirit is in me, and, and God does a work through his believers that we can't even see. The other thing is I, every opportunity I have, I share the gospel of Christ. And if, if, somebody, if that speaker comes on and it, de- and it says, what, you know, the new message, I'm going to tell somebody, well, I miss that, you know, uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and then I, I have has an op- opportunity to segue into the gospel because we're all ma- you know we are all created male female, and uh, there are just so many opportunities and you know we are not to be of the world you know we uh, we are to be in the world but not of the world. So walking into a Disney park gives me another opportunity to share His light. 
Well, uh, Jeanette, uh, that that's a very interesting point. Thanks for the call very much. And Jeanette saying, "Hey, I'm looking that as uh, looking at that as an opportunity to influence others." Uh, that's a good point, Jeanette. Thanks for bringing that up. Uh, let's uh, squeeze in two more calls very quickly here. Uh, talking about Disney, its announcement. Not going to say, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls anymore. Let's find out uh, what Tim from Modesto things hey tim welcome to the show what are your thoughts about disney right now well thank you very much for having me on i've been i love disney for well i'll be 65 in june and it's really sad that i'm still going to call everybody boys and girls i got a son and a daughter they're my kids they're one's a boy and one's a girl and i think it's really sad that they've done this to america and all over the world and want to change the way life is. It's wrong. And my wife and I was going to go there for my birthday this year, and I'm not going to spend the money to go and and give somebody money that I don't believe is doing the right thing. Mm. Everybody, they're wanting to change our way of life, and I'm sick of it. Yep, I I, so I understand I, that, Tim. I yeah. Thank you. Uh, thanks for the call. Appreciate that very much. Tim's adding his name to those who are saying, nope, not not going to spend a dime there anymore. Uh, let's uh, continue, the, continue the conversation here with, uh, let's go down to series down the road a piece to uh, Jane. Jane, uh, what what's on your mind today regarding Disney? Well, back in the 60s, Mr. Disney used to come to Modesto because he had a family here. Really? If anyone knows of this family, please call them and tell them what they're doing to it. And also, this party that's over Walt Disney's place now, wonder what country they're from. It sure doesn't sound like the U.S. Thank you, sir. Jane, Jane very quickly, uh, and, and you don't have to use a name or anything, I was not aware that Walt Disney had relatives here in the Modesto area. Are, they, is, are those family members still here, to your knowledge? I have no idea, but I do know that in December of 1960, he happened to have been right here in Modesto, California. I never will forget that day. And what, what was the purpose that he was visiting family? Is that, and is that how you saw he him? Stated, or? Yes, he stated he was here. Family is what I was told. Mm-hmm. And and was he visiting like downtown or or how did you uh, run across him? He happened to have been at the over at our city hospital at that time. Mrs. Tong had talked to him and told us who he was. Wow, very interesting. Uh, great history there, Jane. I had no idea. And uh, well, if you know who the folks are uh, that related to Walt Disney, maybe you want to talk to them about what's going on jane very interesting history thanks for the call appreciate that so much jane from a series adding to our historical knowledge here on the mike douglas show i you you folks never cease to amaze me with your depth of knowledge and and history had no idea that walt disney used to uh, visit here in the modesto area nor that he had uh, family here and i do wonder what they would say i uh I interviewed with, I think it was his son-in-law out of, uh, I was just out of college, really nice guy. And uh, I chose for some reasons, uh, I'll explain later, not to go with Disney at the time, but uh, just nice 
nice people when I went over there and, and this was uh, actually attached to the uh, the uh, Epcot project. All right, we'll look forward to seeing you again tomorrow, 3 to 5 p.m. here on the Mike Douglas Show as we join in the conversation on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Have a great night.